Thank you for joining us. I'm Paul Wilson. And I'm Chris Hemke. And this is Diesel Performance Podcast. Guys, we have another great uh, interview here today for our series in fuel, all things fuel related. Yeah. And we're going to be talking with Graydon from Utah Diesel, Utah Biodiesel Supply. There you go. Graydon had a wealth of information for us, shared around all things really on the DIY side, yeah. uh, kind of opposed to what we did last week with... Um, Matt Roberts from Springboard Biodiesel, where we talked about like a processing unit, like a, a I don't think about it, I, I go yeah. put my stuff in and do yeah. it kind of system. I think uh, we you plan these interviews out really well. When we had Springboard on, we were talking about the machine, uh, a DIY machine that really manufactures the, f the fuel in your home, right. essentially. Uh, they have like smaller kits and then they have like bigger kits that they sell to businesses and things like that. Um, and then we have Graydon on today where we're able to get a little bit more into the DIY side of things like you mentioned. Um, and in the do's and the don'ts, the myths, the you know debunking some of the things that I've read online, that you've read online, sure. that we've talked about. Um, but one of the things that I think is really unique was he goes into it from a different perspective of, hey, I went and, and bought these random pieces to be able to manufacture for the first <laughs> time, right? Yeah. And, and try to make that. Um, so it's just really unique to see you can buy the expensive machines, you can go to your local Harbor Freight and buy, you know, a couple of tools and, and try to make it yourself. Um, but cost, you know, I think that's the big thing that why we wanted to do these uh, interviews sure, sure. was uh, to have a better handle on cost, which I think uh, Graydon did a really nice job backing into for us. Absolutely. So. He also had a wealth of information available on his website that you can check out at any time. That is UtahBiodieselSupply.com. Yep. You're going to want to stop in uh, and read some of the informational pieces that he has on there that'll really explain to you the most common questions, uh, give you really honest and, and up-to-date answers. Uh, like we said, he, he was a wealth of information. You guys are going to love hearing the interview yeah. with him. Before we jump into that, of course, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors. XDP.com is one of our sponsors. Uh, they're the one-stop shop for diesel performance, and that's no joke. Uh, if there's absolutely anything you need for any diesel truck you drive, jump on over to XDP.com, and I'm sure you'll be able to find something uh, to help you out. Exergy yep. uh, Performance, we rely on them for all of our common rail injection needs. If you guys are in the market for uh, fuel pressure regulators, CP3s, fuel lines, high pressure lines, injectors, they are going to be who you would want to go to from mild to wild and everything in between. Absolutely. Uh, of course, WC Fab takes care of all of our powder coating and custom fabrication needs. So if we need an intake horn, a custom intake, if we need intercooler pipes, if we need a stealth turbo cover powder coated, uh, we go to WC Fab because we know we're going to get the absolute best products every single time. And then last but not least, Calibrated Power, home of Duramax Tuner. Uh, they offer an array of different stealth turbochargers, 49 and 50 state legal, uh, EFI Live, and Easy Link tuning for a lot of different RPOs. So if you guys are looking to uh, hop up your truck and improve fuel efficiency and drivability, check over to CalibratedPowerDuramaxTuner.com. You know, there's a lot of different options. All right, guys, uh, with no further ado, we're going to jump right into our conversation with Graydon. Uh, you're going to enjoy this one. All right, folks, it's time for our favorite part of the show. That's where we bring an expert on to talk about, well, what their expertise is. <laughs> uh, today, Chris, uh, we're really excited to have somebody else who's also in the biofuel space, yeah. biodiesel space, and that's Graydon Blair from Utah Biodiesel Supply. Graydon, how the hell are you? Good. Doing great. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. 
Absolutely. Appreciate you taking some time. Uh, we generally like to start these interviews with getting a little bit of background. What's your background in diesel and, uh, you know, why biodiesel, I guess? Yeah. Sure. You bet. So I'll take you back clear to the beginning. Um, my father worked for Amtrak all his years. Uh, as you know, trains have diesel engines. They're diesel electric locomotives. And one day he bought a diesel pickup truck. It's an Isuzu pickup diesel. It's actually what I learned to drive in. And his thought was that he could get some fuel off the trains and get some free fuel to tool around in. So that's kind of, and then from there, we all fell in love with diesels and we've owned several of them. Well, one day I was researching on the internet and ran across a guy that uh, was running his diesel Chevette with vegetable oil that he was towing in a trailer across the country. And uh, I thought, you can't do that. That's hokey. That's dumb. And I started researching it and found out that, oh, Yes, you can. This is legit. <laughs> this is for real. So, uh, and if you go back far enough in the history of the diesel engine, Rudolph Diesel, one of the one of the fuels he ran in a diesel engine was peanut oil, and he did it because he was trying to promote the diesel engine at the World's Fair in France. So, because they had a a big agriculture industry kind of thing. So, um, diesels and vegetable oil are kind of tied from birth. And so, but I, I'd heard about that and I had a diesel pickup and I thought, oh, that'd be cool. I want to try that. But to run vegetable oil, you've got to convert the, the truck. You've got to do a two tank system. You got to do all these different things. My truck wasn't worth much. I, thought, I don't want to do that. And then I ran across this thing called biodiesel and I found a forum in Utah and found a guy that was doing it. I sent him a thing. I still remember. I sent him a note and I says, is this for real? This is crazy, right? He goes, no, it's so cool. Come on over are you sure so i went over and he had these barrels in his backyard and he was brewing stuff up in his shed i mean it it looked hokey as heck and uh he goes want some you know like a good drug dealer you know <laughs> and i said uh i don't know why he's always so cool you make your truck run smooth you'll love it i was like i don't know if i want to do that to my truck and he told and then he convinced me so we put five gallons of gas in my truck and I tooled on home, which is about an hour away. And halfway home, I had heard that biodiesel makes the engine run quieter and smoother. And all of a sudden, the engine changed. The engine noise changed in my diesel. And I mean, an Isuzu pickup is a tiny little engine, so it's running its guts out down the freeway. But it got quieter. I thought, oh, crap, it broke my engine. And then I thought, oh, this is for real. And so it had made the diesel run quieter. And then I thought, well, okay, I've got to do the emissions. And in Utah, we emission diesel vehicles. And I, I ran a test and it dropped my, my emissions, the smoke that goes out the back by like 90%. I thought, whoa, this is legit. So that's kind of how I got started and the rest is history. And I've been doing it since 2000. So awesome. I was going to say, when you <laughs> went to a random guy's house, this was like pre-Craigslist. Like people trusted <laughs> people back then. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this was on a forum. This is back when that all that kind of stuff was didn't exist. And <laughs> you know, I didn't know who I was going to. It was it was it was funny because the guy was a professional IT guy, fairly well to do, and yet he's doing this stuff out in the back shed and feeding it to his Mercedes. And I thought, this is nuts, man. <laughs> got, I mean, it looked like a meth lab. But yeah, that's by it. That's how I got started. And then I I built a processor, a, a, a machine. To make the fuel with with my dad in my garage and it's all hokey as heck too you use water heaters and things and um i, I want to build a bigger one 
And so I threw it up on a forum that I was a part of. I joined some forums and I got flooded with emails from all over the nation. I thought, huh, there's a business here. And so that's how I started Utah Biodiesel Supply. I went to Harbor Freight and I would look around and thought, I wonder if someone will use that. Yeah, they'll use that. They'll use that. They'll use that. Brought it all home, made a website, started selling crap to make biodiesel. <laughs> the rest is history. We've been doing it since 2005. So started in 2000 with biodiesel. 2005 started the business. And that's that's kind of the history of me. Owned lots of diesel engines, made lots of biodiesel, and been a lot of fun. That's oh, really cool. Now, yeah, that is because I, I think that's one of those where it starts as a as an enthusiast and it, and it starts with the same questions we had when we started talking about biodiesel was like, what's what happens to the emissions? What happens to the power? What happens like to my truck? Like, is it reliable? Like you say, it makes it quieter. Um, what type of vehicles is biodiesel best to run with? Sure. So the best diesels for biodiesel in the now I'm going to talk about United States, first of all. Anything with a diesel particulate filter on it, so 2007 and newer, isn't a good candidate um, because there's a whole reason that goes into it. But basically, the DPFs screw up how biodiesel screws up the regeneration cycle. Your guys, will, your viewers will probably understand what that does. It 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 can dilute the engine oil and then you can crap an engine out. Okay. Um, so anything indirect injected is really good. Anything. Um, Direct injected up to about 2006, depends on the on the thing. I'm going to run through some different models. So Fords, the old 7.3s are tanks, they'll take it. The old 5.9 um, Cummins are great. The Duramaxes will do it. The old GMs, the 6.2 and 6.5s will do it. Uh, Volkswagens, the older ones up to about 2,000, do just fine with it. Uh, Mercedes up to about 2002, 2003-ish. About 2004 is when they got all, all excited to do uh, mission stuff. They, they did DPFs on Mercedes long before it was ever mandated. Yeah. And, so, and you just don't want to run them in those. Um, BMWs, I've had some customers run them in some of those. Those are kind of picky, though, and they're real expensive if they break, but BMWs break anyway. So, <laughs> Would you say that it's more of like... Um, you know, you, you said the older five nines, right? You think of like the old twelve valve mechanical VE P pump motor. motors. Yeah, they uh, really love those. Just, so then just you because get... it's such a robust design, and your tolerances in those engines are much wider. Okay. Now you can run it in a, two, in a ninety-eight to two thousand one with a VP forty-four, but you need to swap out your um, your lift pumps because those came with weak lift pumps. Yep, yep. All of them. So now if you swap that out, then you don't have any problems. But as soon as you move to direct injection on the Dodges, things get a little touchy. So common rail, 03 up, yeah. that's where, okay. Get real sensitive to the, the fuel pack. I've had customers do it, but I've had customers do it and have problems with it. I would what not, in, go ahead, what? what? Kind of problems. You'll plug a fuel injector. Okay. It's typically fuel injector related because in 2003, when they moved to common rail, the spray patterns on those got so fine that if you weren't careful with your filtration and some home biodieselers aren't, it's kind of given the industry a bad name. They'll, they'll run crap in it and it'll plug the injectors up real quick. And then you'll get all sorts of problems. So it's all fuel related issues. Um, I would not put it anywhere near a six liter Ford to save my life. I will not, you cannot pay me enough money to give you biodiesel to put near that crappy engine. Um, now, if you bulletproof it, I might think about it, but I still think the engine's a pile of junk. 
the the newer uh, the Duramax is all do real well. Even the if you pull a DPF off of, I know you're not supposed to, but if you yank a DPF off of a Duramax, off of a Cummins, and off of a newer Ford, not the six oh or the six point four, but the six point sevens, they'll burn it all day long. All of them. I've got guys burning one hundred percent biodiesel in all three makes. Um, the Fords do the best because they only do regeneration on one bank. I've actually got guys running B100 in Fords with the DPFs on it. They just uh, change the engine a lot more. You never want to go 10,000 miles if you're running biodiesel because okay. of the oil dilution issue with um, with the diesel particulate filter. Now, if you pull it off, <laughs> you're not supposed to do. <laughs> but if you pull it off, the, the engines love biodiesel. They don't have an issue with it at all. The Dodges are still a little picky, though. Some of the things that Paul and I were talking about, and the whole reason for, for some of these interviews to, to manifest and come about is with the cost of diesel prices in the U.S. and things like that, with everything going on in the world, you're seeing a lot more conversation in a lot of the forums on Facebook and what have you regarding bio. Um, I know myself, like, I was always under the impression that bio in a common rail is not as friendly as bio in an older mechanical injected engine based off of something you just mentioned and that's the DIY guys not filtering it giving bio the bad name yeah. so yeah. is there is there like a grade or like a status of saying okay I'm gonna make this in my garage yeah. and I want to test it to make sure I did my part and it's safe to be able to put into an engine like what does that look like yeah you bet so there's three main tests that you do if you're gonna make it yourself first of all to answer your question there is a standard in the United States and believe it or not you're burning biodiesel in most diesel engines and you don't know it in the United States, the standard says that you can put up to 5% biodiesel in diesel fuel and they don't have to tell you at the pump. But one of the reasons they're doing that is to bring the lubricity back that we lost when we went to uh, tier two bin five standards. And so we may all be burning biodiesel up to 5%. And if you look at any diesel engine sold in the United States in the owner's manual, it says up to B5 fully warranted. And that's because federal law mandates that they have to do that. So all of them will technically run it at 5%. So the three things I look for, number one, did I take the oil and convert it to a fuel? And there's a test that you can run called a biodiesel conversion test. Um, it's on my website instead of boring you all, but you basically mix up some methanol in the fuel and you shake it and you look to see, hey, did I, did I take this oil? Did I make biodiesel? The second thing you wanna get rid of is water. Water is evil to the inside of diesel engines, as you know. You you pressurized water, it turns to steam, it'll blow the tip of an injector off, especially on a common rail if you're not careful. So you wanna make sure your fuel's dry. And then the other thing is you need to filter it extremely well. I like to, if I'm going into a common rail, I like to know the fuel, the micron size on the fuel filter on that common rail. And I like to filter my fuel tighter than what's on the truck. Cause the worst thing in the world is being on the side of the road with a plug fuel filter and you ain't got one in the back seat and you don't know how to change it or you don't feel like changing it. It's cold outside. <laughs> so, you know, in Utah that happens. The Duramaxes um, historically have the tightest fuel filters on them and they tend to plug the most uh, simply because GM put a really good fuel filter on it. And that's why those engines run so well. Yeah. So if, if you're really good about filtering the fuel, making sure it's well reacted, make sure it's dry most of those engines aren't going to have problems with them. Um, I wouldn't put it in a Mercedes, a newer one with a DPF, because Mercedes can't figure out how to put Viton seals on the inside of an engine. They still use rubber. 
And if you do regeneration and you delete your oil, it will literally rot the seals of the engine apart and the engine will bleed to death. Uh, sprinters, the engines on sprinters with DPFs, I've had that happen to customers. Oh, no. Wow. Yeah, I, I had a guy, he's, oh, we're going to do it anyway. Got to take the DPF up. Ah, screw that. And he uh, totally and completely destroyed the engine because the biodiesel ate all the, the rubber seals on the engine and it leaked to death. Is this, is this something that happens like one or two tanks? Is this over the course of 10, 20,000 miles? It's over the course of 10 to 20,000 miles. Gotcha. It's not going to happen. I mean, you'd, you'd have to, they were burning 100% biodiesel for several years in that vehicle before they wow. toasted it. So gotcha. good oil changes will go a long way in anything though. And it's important <laughs> you know. I think that that brings us to the next question that I always have with this is biodiesel's cheaper, right? All these guys on the forums, oh, diesel prices are four or five dollars. I'm gonna convert to bio. Is that a myth? It it, it used to be cheaper. So it the 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 things that go into the cost of biodiesel are number one, getting the oil. Let's assume you can get the oil for free from a restaurant. You still got to factor in your time. Number two, um, methanol. Methanol used to be about three, three fifty a gallon. It's now about six to six fifty a gallon. Um, chemical, you're going to use roughly about I don't know twenty. Well, probably about ten dollars worth of chemical to make a fifty gallon batch. So at the end of the day, is my cost per gallon cheaper than diesel fuel? Yes, but not near as much as it used to be. Now, when we're climbing up into the $455 gallon range, yeah, it probably is. But when we were down around $350 a gallon, that's why biodiesel just fell apart in the United States. It's cheaper to put diesel in the truck. The other thing that you have to factor in is your time. How much is your time worth to you? Because you're going to spend an awful lot of time making the fuel. I tell all my customers that come and talk to me now, Hey, I want to do this because I want to save money. I said, just go put diesel in your tank. It's not going to save you money. But if you want to do it as a hobby, go for it. Because um, it, it's a fun hobby, but you've got to treat it and think of it like a hobby, not like, hey, I'm going to save money on the tank on my diesel. Because it's, it's going to eat up your time. It's going to tick off your significant other because you're spending so much time by, with biodiesel. <laughs> Happens. I used to sell machines and I says, I, I don't offer marital advice on this. So you do it at your own risk. Um, and then, then three, you've got issues related with your truck. If you don't, if you don't make that fuel right, injectors aren't cheap. No, <laughs> Especially not injectors on a common rail. And so if, if you're not real careful about it, the cost savings just, I mean, it used to be there several years ago. I don't think it's, you're not really saving yourself money now. You got to treat it like a, you treat it like a hobby. Now you can commercially buy biodiesel in the United States. There's places that sell it, but the only way they're able to compete is there's government incentives that those those producers receive. It's usually about a dollar a gallon they're getting as a kickback from the government for doing it because it's a renewable fuel. But if they weren't, the biodiesel on the commercial side, what it costs them to make it's about four to five dollars a gallon. So not really cost effective anymore. Right. Okay. Okay. So, so maybe it's not going to cut my fuel bill in half for the month. Um, what are some of the other benefits of running it? I know pre previously you had mentioned better emissions. I know some people are definitely interested in that. Yep. So it'll definitely cut your smoke down depending on the engine that you're in. Now, modern engines, we don't see near as much smoke out of 2008 and newer because the DPFs are on there. 
unless you're turning the P pumps up and different, you, you just don't smoke. The U.S. doesn't let you smoke. It, it catches it in that DPF. But emissions on a diesel engine do get reduced. Your particulate matter, which is the smoke, gets reduced. The um, carbon dioxide goes down. There's, the, there's a, uh, I used to know all these, but a bunch of them go down. One goes up, and that's NOx. Nitrous oxide levels do increase, but with a good um, DEF system, that's dealt with now because right. it's you know the blue crap we put in that you could pee in the tank if you run out of it and go down the road with um, that that deals with that. So emissions do go down. As far as um, fuel mileage, it drops. Biodiesel's got about a ten percent decrease per gallon of energy over diesel fuel. So there's more energy in diesel fuel versus biodiesel. So when you put it in your truck, it, it's hard to really notice that power difference because diesel engines are so powerful these days. But in my 50 horsepower Isuzu diesel, I noticed it. I, I, it was very noticeable in that. But in like a 7.3 or anything with, with a turbo on it, you're not going to notice it. So. Then you're generally going to see like mileage drop essentially. Like if I'm a diehard Volkswagen TDI guy and you know, 50 miles to the gallon is what I pride myself on and I convert to bio, like I am going to see a drop in that. You'll see a drop. Yeah. It, it's not much. And, and you know, it depends on your foot. Right. Of <laughs> course. Because you know, when it comes right down to it, it depends on how fast you want to make that diesel engine go. But there's, Theoretically, there's about a 10% decrease in the power of a gallon of biodiesel to a gallon of diesel fuel. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, because that, I mean, now we're talking about cost per mile to drive it. Right, of course. Right, so so we break into this, and I think we end up in this conversation a lot whenever we talk about EcoBoost and, you know, E85 mix and things right. like that. I feel like that always drags us into this topic. Uh, but same thing on the diesel, you know, that if you're going to switch up the fuel source, more and more we're talking about cost per mile to actually drive the truck. What does that look like? And again, is this something that that's really driving you, you know, because because you want to cut your fuel bill and for how long, right? right? Because we've seen the cost of diesel and gas and all that fluctuate so wildly over such short times. Um, I know this is now the second time in my lifetime I've seen gas at four or five bucks a gallon. Right. So. Well, the one thing that Graydon said that I, I, I really liked your approach is you do this because it, it's a hobbyist uh, type of space. Uh, there's guys that brew their own beer, right? Yeah. Because they that's their hobby. And that's more or less this, this, this industry, I feel, where, again, I'm the guy on the forums reading about, okay, how can I save money at the pump? How can I save money to not, you know, I have to spend as much to, to fill my fuel tank up? Pull the EGR. I didn't say that. <laughs> but it's, it's not necessarily that case in a biodiesel world from, you know, what the machinery costs and, and then what's needed to build or make that fluid, um, you know, and, and everything that goes into that. Which, yeah. That, that's the debunking that we were essentially looking for is, is it worth it? Like, are we saving money? Yeah. Now, I do want to talk about the supply end of this. So, so let's say, regardless of saving the money, I want to go do it. Where do I get started? How do I get started making my own biofuel at home? We'll assume I own a restaurant and I have access to the waste vegetable oil. Yeah, it, it, that's a great question. So the first thing you want to do um, now, I've got a whole list if you go to my website, utahbio.com, and there's just a whole thing that walks you through it, or if you email me, I can send it to you. But the number one thing is you've got to figure out, okay, where am I going to get oil? Because if you don't get oil, you can spend all the money on all the nicest equipment in the world, you're not going to make biodiesel. So 
you have to find a source of oil. Typically that's from a restaurant. Um, you want to find restaurants that are a little bit higher class. Some of the absolute worst oil I've ever pulled was from McDonald's and Denny's because they're going to use that oil till it's absolutely garbage and then they're going to get rid of it. And so by, we don't like garbage oil. You like good oil. So you need oil. You need a space to do it. Typically about a 10 to 20 space is pretty good. You can do it in your garage. If you like to stay married, you need to make sure that you can keep it really, really clean because biodiesel's messy. Um, it's somewhat hazardous. We are dealing with chemicals that can burn you and also that you can burn your garage down if you're not careful. So you want to make sure that you're, you're going about it safely. Um, I did it in a shed. It was detached from my house so that if anything ever happened, it wasn't, wasn't going to hurt me. Um, you then need to figure out a way to go out and get that oil from the restaurant and bring it home. Next step is once the oil's home, you need to be able to filter that oil to get the crud out of it because it's usually got French fries and chicken wings and stuff in it. And then you need a piece of equipment to make the fuel with. Um, there are a lot of different routes you can go. You can build something yourself. When I first started, I was doing it in 55-gallon drums in the back of this guy's shed. He and I got together and did it. Um, I, I think you visited with Springboard Biodiesel. I love their equipment. I'm their, I actually am older than they are. I, I had, I had built a, a processor out of a 55 gallon drum. Then I moved to water heaters and then I got a BioPro. That's what they sell their units. You couldn't pay me to make biodiesel any other way. It looks like a refrigerator. It's automated. You pour oil in here, you put the chemical in here, you push a button and you walk away and it takes care of a lot of the mess of making biodiesel. They're not cheap. It's, it's a very expensive piece of machinery. I think 12 to 17,000 for some of their basic units, but Man, if you want to make biodiesel easily, that's the way to do it. Um, once you've made the biodiesel, where are you going to store it? You need storage tanks on site. Um, I used 55-gallon plastic drums. It's just a great way. The fuel you can is not dangerous after you've made it. You can actually drink it. It tastes really gross, but technically... What if you, the fuck did you just say? I'm sorry. You can, if you've cleaned biodiesel well enough, it's an organic product. You can drink it. It tastes nasty, but it won't hurt you. Paul's on that diesel. I, I know what we're doing shots of at the Christmas party next year. All right, fuck it. That's crazy. <laughs> I've tasted it. Now, if you've cleaned it right, it shouldn't hurt you at all because you've got all the stuff out of it. Um, but you have waste products you got to get rid of. You're going to generate some water that's used to wash the fuel. You're going to generate some glycerin. Glycerin is the waste product that we get out of vegetable oil. Uh, the process of making biodiesel, there's two ways to run vegetable oil in a diesel engine. You can either modify the diesel engine to thin the oil down through heat in a two-tank system, or you remove the thickness from the oil. And to remove the thickness, we go through this chemical process to pull the thick crap out of it. And that thick crap is called glycerin once we're done. So then you're going to have to dispose of that. It's got methanol in it. It's got chemical in it. It's kind of nasty. Some people make soap out of it. Some people make degreaser out of it. Some people put it down the drain. Some people put it on their crops. Some people put it in um, compost piles. We used to take it to a sewage plant in Utah that loved it because it increased the anaerobic activity of the bugs, which is a nice way of saying the bugs farted more and they collected the methanol and powered a methanol generation center on site. Yeah, it's kind of cool. This is really neat. <laughs> It, it is. I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, it, it's, it's fun. Um, 
but you, you've got to think about those things before you get into it. And I've, I've got a full list on my website that I walk you through and say, oh, so you want to get into biodiesel. What are you going to do with this? How are you going to do this? Where are you going to put the waste stuff? Um, to think about doing it. Now, if you get through all those, you're like, yeah, this sounds kind of fun. The next step is you want to start small. You want to get a starter kit. You want to get some oil and you want to just prove to yourself that, hey, I can make biodiesel. That's pretty simple to do. There's tons of YouTube videos. I've got tutorials on my site. I even sell starter kits if you want to try it. But but you want to prove to yourself at a very low price level, you know, 50, 60 bucks. Yeah, hey, I've made biodiesel. Okay, this is something I think I can do. Now let's look at spending some money. But don't spend any money. Don't do any of that kind of stuff until you, you feel confident. It's, it's a lot like brewing beer, right? You know, if you want to make your own beer, go to someone that's made it before. Look at how they do it. Is that something you really want to do in your garage? Is your significant other going to let you do that in your garage? And then go ahead and do it. But you start small and then move up. Um, and then you have fun. I will say it's a lot of fun. There, there's a lot of things out there about people saying, oh, you know, treat it like a hobby. If you treat it like a hobby, it is, it's a ton of fun. It, the greatest feeling in the world is driving past the gas station. <laughs> it, I can't describe it. It's just, there's, it's a feeling of elation when you go hauling past the gas station with fuel you've made yourself. So that's so cool. That's pretty cool. Um, is there anything that we should have asked you that usually people need to know when they call you and talk about biodiesel? Do you have access to marriage advice? <laughs> uh, um, I think some of the things that I get asked a lot of is, you know, how much is it going to cost to get into this stuff? To make fuel to on your own, you're going to spend about a thousand to two thousand in equipment just to get yourself set up, excluding the the unit that makes the biodiesel. Um, you'll spend anywhere from, you know, you can build one of those for two, a couple grand or spend, you know, springboard money for an automated one. Um, you want to do a return on investment analysis and make sure that you're okay spending this much money. I mean, I can buy a really nice, well, not anymore, but I could buy a really nice diesel pickup for some of the money that it costs to get into some of this. Yeah. Um, you also want to budget for maintenance things on your diesel. When you start running biodiesel, you want to swap out that fuel filter almost immediately. Biodiesel is a cleansing fuel. If you run it, now we don't see this problem near as much since um, tier two bin five diesel because diesel is a lot cleaner. But if you're using some older trucks, some of those diesel engines and diesel tanks still had crap in the tank and biodiesel will cleanse them. It cleans the whole fuel system out and you'll plug a fuel filter pretty quick. I tell my customers within about the first 1,000 to 2,000 miles, swap a fuel filter out and then plan on swapping it about every 3,000 just because it's going to clean it. Now, once you've done that after a while, you can probably go longer, but that's a maintenance piece that you might you don't think about when you're running just diesel fuel. Right. Um, oh, I don't know. What do people ask? They want to know how they can do it cheap, which I break their hearts with. <laughs> They want to know where they can get good oil. You want to find good sources of oil. And they want to know how you can get rid of the glycerin. So if you can if you can handle those three things and you're comfortable with it, then it's fun to do it. There used to be forums we could point you at where you could go find people that did it near you. And that's what I used to tell everyone. Hey, go find someone that's doing it. Um, and that's how I learned about it. You know, some yeah. dude gave me the, good, the goods and then I got into it and got hooked. <laughs> 
Um, we do have DVDs if you're really interested. You know, research it as much as you can. It's like any hobby or whatever. Watch YouTube videos, read articles, do anything you can to get get that knowledge up there before you jump, you know, jump into it and go. Um, it can be rewarding. It's a lot of fun. I like I said, there's there's nothing that feels better than driving past a gas station knowing you made your own fuel. So that's so cool. Very cool. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Graydon. We really appreciate it. You bet. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Uh, this has been Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. Make sure to like and subscribe, and we'll talk to you again soon. You could never, never unpaul you. <laughs> <laughs>